Welcome to Better Words, a podcast for readers who want to know the stories behind the pages. We're your hosts, Caitlin and Michelle, two book nerds who bring you in-depth conversations about writing and publishing from those on the inside. Basically, we're just here to talk about books. We're so glad you're joining us. It's 2024. Hello. Happy New Year. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited <laughs> for this episode. I feel like we need like a special theme song or something. Um, strap in because it's going to be a big episode. Um, but I am. It's our favorite. I am thinking I'm going to try to remember to put like the time codes and stuff for when we talk about things. And I might even remember to do little transitions or something, um, something fancy like that. So that if you want to skip through to different bits um, or you don't want to listen to certain things, then you can, hopefully, um, just to give you a few like chapters to the episode. But we'll see how I'm feeling. Oh, my gosh. I'm so excited for this, though. Um, We have planned something a little different to what we usually do because we both read so much last year. I know. Well, I think that's our first thing, isn't it? We're going to do our like story graph stats and some of those fun things which I was seeing people share um on Instagram and everything and it's so fun I love the moods and everything I even asked a friend like the other day um because she was like I feel like I just read so many sad books and I was like do you story graph like what are your like top three moods or something and it was like sad dark and emotional or something and I was like mine is literally light-hearted funny and emotional or something it was I was like it's I love a reflective yeah as well like I mark a lot of things that are uplit like reflective because I feel like there's not enough like it's uplifting but like emotional I don't know it's good that you can put multiple categories that's all I'll say and if anyone's not using story graph um this isn't gonna make much sense to you but anyway okay um (laughs) yeah I'm so excited for this so um first up our sort of recap of stats for 2023 we are just gonna dive straight in um and then we're gonna do like a bit of an oscars category yes sort of thing for our books and then we're gonna talk about like tv movies which is woeful on my part and music and podcasts yeah, so other that's stuff. gonna be right at the end but yeah we've got a lot of book chat coming up yay, yay. okay caitlin right 2023 reading wrap up how many books did you finish 61 but my story graph says 59 and I don't remember there must be one that when I read it I it wasn't on there I probably read it early for work and now I don't remember which one that is but also I read an entire manuscript when we were reading for the banjo prize at work so that is obviously is not published but it was an entire book it counts yes totally counts totally counts so 61 final count how many did you read I read 73 books, uh, which is oh my gosh, the most I've read in a long time. That's so but many. Please keep in yeah. mind um, that, you know, for a couple of months I was unemployed and I only have a part-time job now, so <laughs> that's why. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I had a lot of reading time. Um, yeah, and they're all, I, so how many pages was that for you as well? Oh, like according to Storygraph, okay. not including the two that aren't on Storygraph. So the, yeah, the Storygraph, 59. So I guess whatever the other two were, maybe add a couple hundred or something for that. But 21 
Possibly almost 22,000 with the other two books, but they're not Amazing. counting. It's nuts to say it like that, isn't it? It's like when they tell you how many hours yeah. of podcasts you listen to on Spotify, which is alarming. Um, I alarming. read 25,673 yeah. pages, apparently. Wow. Yeah. I did read some That's chunky books, That's not that much books, of a though. difference for, yeah, for more books. It's probably the two Kate Morton books I read that were like 500 pages each. <laughs> But if you read, what, well, like a dozen more books than me, maybe you also had some other shorter ones. I did ones. probably have. Because that is an interesting stat. If we skip to that. I had some novellas in there. Um, so, yeah, that is interesting. My page number, I read, I don't know how many it is. This is just the pie charts that are on Storygraph. 15% under 300 pages. And then the rest, 85%, 300 to 499. Ooh. So I obviously didn't read a longer book than 500 pages um 22 percent under 300 pages 74 percent 300 to 499 and four percent 500 plus pages wow yeah so three yeah, books so you did have a few three books oh yeah my my non-fiction pick which i'll talk about later and the two kate morton books were over 500 oh there you go yeah <laughs> and 16 it was exactly below what you said. 300 okay so Let's have a let's talk about moods because I reckon moods are going to be very similar for both of us. <laughs> What's your top mood? My top mood is emotional. Ding 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 ding. So is mine. Then, lighthearted. Yes. <laughs> and then same. And then funny. Yes. <laughs> so we have the same. <laughs> um, and if anyone saw okay, our is reflective next. No, Mysterious is next for me, but they're about the same size. Oh, they're the same. You would have a few more uh, crimes. They're about the same size. Oh, 22 that I marked as Mysterious and 19 as Reflective. So very close. Um, Okay. But then I have a a chunk of dark. (laughs) Okay. I don't have that much dark. Here's an interesting thing with these tags though, right? I, all throughout 2023, I was very inconsistent at using Storygraph and every couple of months I would go ah and like load everything in Mm -hmm. so I didn't really actively review tag star any of my books this year I think I do want to do that so that next year's stats are maybe a bit more interesting in 2024 but this is based on everyone else's tags and reviews of those books my moods yeah Yeah. and also, I, I guess. I mean, I think is. I would still have done the same thing. I, emotional, yeah. lighthearted, and yeah. funny rings true. Because often but, I will. Yeah, I didn't actually tag. I will anything. mark the same book, emotional and lighthearted, if it's like Vary McFarlane that's got like yeah. emotional themes, but it's also uplifting. Um, I think there needs to be a tag for uplifting, because to me, emotional plus lighthearted equals uplifting. Equals uplifting. <laughs> Yeah, so, I agree. Yeah, I I think that would change a lot for both of us if it was um if there was an uplifting tag. But anyway, yeah, yeah. so mine then go um What were your bottom two tags? My bottom moves? two tags were informative and challenging, which I think speaks to my lack of non fiction <laughs> and inspiring. That's so funny. 
Challenging isn't even on mine, but my bottom two are all three are informative, sad, and inspiring. So <laughs> yeah, again, yeah, probably sad, like inspiring, and the one challenging of mine. The one informative book I have is a nonfiction one. Yeah. What it, what even is the sad book? Oh, interesting. I will remember that for later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, my sad books make sense. Yeah. Um, and so pace, I mean, again, this is, I mark my books. I mark everything obsessively because if I do something, I have to do it obsessively clearly. Um, so I've marked most of the books that I've read, like more than well, nearly three quarters of the books that I've read as a medium pace. Yeah. Same. I'm at 73% medium. Yeah. As I said, I didn't do that though. That's based on other people. Yeah. But I have 73% medium then 21% fast and 6% slow. Yeah, mine's 25% fast, 7% slow and 68% medium. So, so I think medium clearly even. is medium. We read a lot of the yeah. same books. <laughs> um, we've done yeah. page numbers already, but just to recap, we both mostly read books that are 300 to 499 pages long. Mine's 74%. Mine was 85% <laughs> and I didn't have anything longer than that. Oh, wow. Okay. In 2023? Yeah. Excited to see our goals for next year as well. I know. Okay. What about your fiction, non-fiction split? 92% fiction, 8% non-fiction. 93-7. (laughs) Love it. So how many non-fiction books did you actually read? Because it's it's a low percentage. I can tell you I read four. I read six. But again, you read about a dozen more books than me. So same Yeah, that makes, yeah, that makes sense. Okay. Top genres. Keeping in mind, my top one I don't think should be a genre. It's, uh, but you can do multiple genre tags. So we'll see. Okay. Well, same. My top genre is contemporary. Oh, my top genre is tied. Yeah. So my top genre technically contemporary, tied with LGBTQIA plus. Ah, that's my fourth. See, I don't think, I think that should be a characteristic, but, you know, I'm glad that we can tag books as that because then yeah. we can find more of them. Um, but I don't think that counts. Absolutely. I will but you're right, it's not really a genre. No, I would tag something as contemporary, but then I will also tag it LGBTQIA+, because it is. Anyway, yeah, so mm. after that, well, actually, the second? Well, actually, also not a genre. So my second is romance, and then my third is young adult. Also, not, not a genre. genre. <laughs> um, so, yeah, my second tied young adult and romance so my first two are tied and my second two are tied and then mystery historical surprisingly that's oh. those kate morton's bumping that up and lessons in chemistry yeah. and all those um thriller crime literary graphic novel memoir and then a bunch of other things that i've obviously just read one book of yeah i have a bunch those four contemporary romance young adult and lgbtqia plus are much higher for me but then the next two that are the only ones that have say more than one or two books tagged are literary and thriller Ooh, oh that's interesting for you thriller i know <laughs> love that i know yeah five thriller books so two of them are janice Haller. <laughs> one oh, is yellow true. face yeah one would be ashley callaghan blunt and then dark mode no sure. actually oh I guess that? Uh, for Prime. some reason that's not tagged as a thriller for me Prime. or dark or I don't know. But what has what is here is then The Trial by Laura Bates and Happy Head by Josh Silver. Oh. They're my five thrillers apparently. Yeah. 
So do you have a crime thing at all? Because it might be under crime, I would I would say. Um, crime. Yes, it's the next one. Yeah. Four. Which has three Jonas Howard books <laughs> and Dark Mode by <laughs> Ashley Kelly. Love that. Um, Clearly don't read crime on my own time as much yeah. as I enjoyed all of those books. Yes. Yeah. Um, so I don't think that this will be accurate for you if you don't do all your stats. Um, format. Do you pick the, the no. format that you've read I think there must be a few that I have not done the right format because what I have, although I don't know, it might be a slightly off. It says 2% audio, which probably only has one, but I would have a few more than that. I just, I don't know. And same for digital says 7%, which I think I might, I must have a few more than that. But also sometimes when I read books digitally, for the podcast, like when we get them early, yeah, you might I, not say that you I had always, a digital I must copy. Not, I must not have done it digital. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, I don't think that's a very accurate one for me. I do think I mostly read in print. Oh, I know I mostly read in is, print, but my fifteen percent yeah. digital, I think, would be largely proofs from. I I think there'd only be one or two books that I like bought as digital copies. I think most of the yeah. digital copies I read would be proofs. Um, so yeah, still mainly print, but a couple more digital copies in there for me. Yeah, I agree. Mainly print, but there's probably a few missing that would bump up my 2% and 7%. (laughs) Okay. So anyway, this will be really, this will be interesting. Um, most read authors. So my most read author is Janice Hallett. Because mm-hmm. early this year was when I finally read The Appeal after you'd been trying to get me to read it. And then I read The Twyford Code because you gave me all three mm-hmm. of her books. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I read The Twyford Code and then we read The Christmas Appeal and interviewed her like last year. Yeah. Um, so I still have one left to read. My uh, but one. yeah, I read yeah. all three. Yeah. <laughs> it turns um, out yeah, that I've so read, I read three a lot of Janice Hallett. multiple books by the same authors. Do you have many on your list of? Like where you've read so that's books or three. More. That's three, and then I have one, two, three, four, five, six. I have six other authors where I read two. Oh, okay. Do you want to go through them or not? I can tell you them. Yes. So one is Alice Pung, which oh, yeah. we did obviously. Yes. Her Millie Mac for interviewing her and Lorinda for book club. Yes. So there's those two. <laughs> uh, Holly Ringland. Yeah. Uh, because I read Lost Files, Ralph's Heart, and then her new book this year, House That Joy Built. Um, Holly Bourne, I guess at some point over the year I read two of those. Yes. Um, Emily Henry and Claire Fletcher. Oh, yep. Again for the podcast. Yeah, again for the podcast. And then another one is Catherine Freeman, uh, which is uh, rom-com books. She's a rom-com author that I discovered this year and got copies through work. So I guess I read a couple of those too. (laughs) So my most read author is... Alice Oseman because I reread all the Heartstoppers and then read number five so I have five books by her um, yep. but on the actual book front Janice Hallett and Richard Osman are tied because again reread The Appeal um, I read Curious Case of Alberton Angels for the first time and read The Christmas Appeal and then Richard Osman um, I reread the books before the last one came out and then 
two books by the same author, Caroline O'Donoghue, because um, I loved The Rachel Incident, but earlier this year I read the third in her YA trilogy. Gillian McAllister, mm-hmm. Discovered and Loved, Bob Mortimer, Louise Candlish, because I reread something as well as reading her new book. Oh no, I read her new book this year and I read a short story by her. Matt Kane for the podcast, Kate Morton, which are my two big books, so that's interesting, and Ellie Marley. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, so actually, like, I've read a lot, yeah. Yeah. I was kind of surprised that I actually had so many authors that I'd read more than one book, like, in the Mm. same year. Yeah. I guess, um, but then when when it's like, I see who they are. But yeah, yeah, I don't really do series, so I guess that's why. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So it just is interesting. Yeah, I found that to be an interesting category. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Now... (laughs) We also had a fun little category that I've calculated for myself. How many books did you read not by podcast guests? And for me, I counted books that I didn't just do podcast guests last year. So how many books did you read by people who have not been a guest at any time on our podcast? Yes, I did the same count because, okay, like, for example, you know, we both read Byron McFarlane's latest, Beth O'Leary's latest, yeah. etc. And we've been fortunate enough to have them on. <laughs> Okay, so a reminder, everyone, I read 61 books total, 24 by someone who has never, ever been on Better Words. That's, I mean, that's pretty good. We've had many years of interviewing people who I then love their work and, like, read their new work and everything, so, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that can't, I mean... It would be a lot more yeah, if we had Yeah, and of course said, we're reading in preparing for interviews and yeah. stuff. If it was just this year, that would be different. I just wanted to see what it was. But yeah, if it was just people who appeared on the podcast in 2023, that would be different. But I wanted to see what it was considering how many of the books that we read by people we love who we've been lucky enough to have on the podcast. So my total was 73 and I read 41, but that is just the number of books some were multiple authors. So may I remind you, I read three Richard Osman books, Richard Osman books, two Caroline O'Donoghue's, two Gillian McAllister's, two Bob Mortimer's, two Louise Candlish's, two Kate Morton's within that multiple. Like, so, so if we add all these up, yeah. I just didn't want to do the same count by time. So that is just books, not authors who haven't been on. So it's probably less varied than 41 makes it seem. <laughs> yeah. And how many books did you okay. reread? Wait, hang on. Let's do Wait, okay. Let's do quick math. So 41. So that means that you read 32 books by previous podcast guests yes. any year. Yeah. And I read 37. So <laughs> I actually did read more books by previous guests than you. Yeah. I wonder I think that's we only also because... should have checked how many books we read that were the same. Yeah, we should have. Um, yeah, I think we would have read a lot of the same books for podcast purposes, but also some just mm. because they're authors we love, Farrah McFarlane, Beth O'Leary. Um, yeah, we're never going to figure that one out. How many books did you reread? I don't think I reread anything. Really? Yeah. Okay, rereading so. has been my personal goal for a little while yeah. now. Yeah. Um, so was. I reread You've... eight books. Oh, wow, that's great. Yeah, but... you have put more effort into yeah. this. I have not this year. I've been, I mean, you know, reading things for the podcast. Four of them were heart stopper, though. So, you know, 
graphic novels. Oh, okay. But still. I'm not saying I'm less impressed, but I'm a bit less impressed. <laughs> okay, how many did you read again? <laughs> yeah, I didn't reread anything. Yeah. But I wasn't trying to. No. I mean, in that too, um, The Secret Keeper would be the longest book I reread. That would be, over, that's over 500 pages. I reread that um, <laughs> on our trip to the UK. Um, so I had plenty of time on my hands. But then, yeah, within the space of a week, I reread two Richard Osman books. Um, and, oh, I reread Brooklyn, which, as we know, was a huge revelation in my reading life changing and I'll link to the episode <laughs> it was the last episode we did for the year I think or the second last um talking about how how reading that made me realize how much my um reading has changed so yeah that's sort of our that's sort of our stats um Caitlin did you also calculate how many books more stats. yeah how yeah. many books did you read that were not by HarperCollins authors 38 that's great that's more than half so it's actually better yeah, exactly. It's better than I thought, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> when I was like, ooh, should I do that math? Um, because sometimes if I try and look back um, in shorter distances, like when we're getting to the end of the month doing our sub stack and stuff, I get yeah. a bit like, oh, my God. All I read is for work. for work and for the podcast, you know. Yeah. But, yeah, I think I think that's pretty good. So, yeah, that's all our stats. So, um, we've done something a bit different this year. Not going to go over what we used to do, but basically, we were getting towards the end of the year and we were like, how can we pick as many books as we want for our wrap up? Um, and we've essentially come up with like a bit of an Oscars category for mm. the book. So, we're just going to do one book for each category, but we've got more categories. Um, and obviously this is really hard because we love so many books we read and you can or read us talk about these in more detail in a lot of our sub stacks. Like they will have been something that we talked about in our regular monthly wrap ups. So yeah, there's just so many books, <laughs> so many books, so little time and we can't possibly, I could give an award for like all the books I read, but we're just going to do these little categories. So yeah, how should we do it? first category is <laughs> best debut or our favorite debut yeah so for this um I tried to pick something that did debut in 2024 even though I was debating could it just be any 2023 debut? 2023 that's what I meant yeah. <laughs> um and the award goes to um mine is in memoriam by Alice Wynn which I'm really glad I read, wouldn't have picked up if it wasn't for the Waterstones book club that I went to. Um, and I'm really glad I did. It was the Waterstones debut fiction of the year. Um, and I can see why it's absolutely gorgeous. I actually think that you should read it, Caitlin, even though historical war isn't usually your thing, but it's a really beautiful queer love story but set against the backdrop and the horrors of World War One, the writing is just, it's so beautiful. Like, it's stunning that it's a debut. And I think for historical fiction, it moves quite quickly because it is partly told through letters. So the pace feels quite swift, which is always, I think, something that I worry about, not reading much historical fiction. Anyway, I had been telling everyone at work who picks up a copy of this book because it was one of our um Alice Wynn was our author of the year 
Spirit was our novel of the year. Um, that it's one of my favourites of the year, and it just is stunning. It's beautiful. It's really worth reading. So that's In Memoriam by Alice Wynn. Clap. <laughs> um, and the second award, my award, um, goes to One Day We're All Going to Die by Elise Esterhurst, um, who we did interview on the podcast, so I don't need to gush about it too much because there's a whole episode where we gush about this book and chat to Elise all about it. Um, but yeah, when I was you know running over my lists and knowing our different categories and things and trying to pick something... Yeah, I think this is a really standout debut novel for me and I can't wait to read more from Elise. Yeah, I mean, I agree. Absolutely loved reading that. And yeah, I'm very much looking forward to seeing what she writes next because that was a really beautiful book as well. Nonfiction category, the wild card of stuff that we don't read very often. <laughs> exactly. We have already admitted that uh, we each only read what I read four, you read six. Yeah. So there's not many to choose from. Um, so which was your favourite, Michelle? So I've actually gone for probably the one book that I did mark as informative <laughs> um, <laughs> because I was impressed by, again, how, um, I guess, like narratively the story was told and I was really impressed by the way that this author um, took an incredibly complex issue, an incredibly emotive time and really pulled out the key players, really bought the, like in terms of narrative nonfiction, it does so well in establishing character, but also it was one of my over 500 page books and I read it in a couple of days because I found it so compelling. Okay. Yeah, um, and it had been on my shelf for ages as well. So that is Say Nothing by Patrick Braddon Keith, which is about the troubles in Ireland. So as I say, just a really complex thing and he pulled out a lot of, characters to make it feel kind of like reading fiction um it was really good interesting um mine is another one that i've talked about a bit already um and my most recent non-fiction read um which was directed by james burrows by james burrows um yeah i only spoke about this one a couple weeks ago on the podcast i think and i mentioned it in our december substack i believe but yeah it was just hella fascinating to this sitcom nerd. Um, and I really, really enjoyed it. So, yeah, that was my fave one this year. Next category is favorite not book, a podcast yeah, guest. Favourite book by someone who is not a podcast guest. Um, so mine is The Rachel Incident by Caroline O'Donoghue, which we keep banging on about. We loved it. Mm, I just so The cool. vibe, it was immediately our thing. Absolutely loved it. Um, and I wished that Caroline had been a podcast guest. <laughs> yeah, but then it wouldn't be in this category. It wouldn't be in this category then. <laughs> but, oh well, maybe one day. Then we'll have to pull her out of the category. <laughs> but yeah. Um, no, yeah, loved that book. Glad you chose it because then I could pick something else. <laughs> um, and I'm taking this chance to go on it because the reason we do like this like another podcast guest category is because particularly the last couple of years I think we kind of, we realized we kept coming to our end of year wrap-ups picking books by podcast guests because talking to the author and talking to each other about it in preparation talking about a book a lot really allows you to connect so much more with it and I do feel that way sometimes about books that I read um, and work on at work and I then I feel a bit biased even though <laughs> 
I really, really enjoyed them or something. So I'm taking not a podcast guest to actually just rant and rave about a book that I worked on this year that I loved, um, which is why she was not a podcast guest, because that would be a conflict of interest. Um, <laughs> and that is After the Forest by Kel Woods. This is an incredible debut historical fantasy. It's a Hansel and Gretel retelling where everyone, you know, they've grown up. So what happens after they've escaped that witch when Hans is in, you know, gambling debt and, like, <laughs> making a huge mess in town and Greta, everyone thinks she's a witch because she's got red hair and makes amazing gingerbread. And then maybe she does have some magic inside her that she learns to use. And I loved reading this book and getting to work on it for so long and working with Kel. Um, and it was just so fun and it really makes you want to eat gingerbread. <laughs> <laughs> and it's very fun and magical and um, and witchy and romantic and oh, so good. I really I need it. to read it. It sounds really, really mm. good. Favourite Australian book okay i'm just gonna jump in because again i took the chance to pick something just to have an opportunity to talk about it um because i'm like oh it's so unfair to pick it for any other category lola in the mirror by trent dalton god it was so good it is any if you've heard anyone say that lola is trent's best yet and you think like what how boys falls universe national treasure amazing amazing <laughs> currently number one tv show on netflix like around the world it's absolutely incredible but oh my god lola in the mirror is phenomenal again i'm i think i wrote about this one in one of our sub stacks maybe september um before it came out in october stunning trent deserves everything <laughs> i love that and i really hope it gets a release over here as well because i would like a hardback edition of it so <laughs> So mine is another podcast guest <laughs> and it is Duck a l'Orange for Breakfast by Karina May. I just think that this is kind of like Trent's writing, one of those Aussie books that could be so brilliantly exported. I really want it to be published mm. over here because I just feel like it's so, oh, I know it just, it is right up there with one of the best romances I think I've read in so long and I nearly put it in our best romance category but yeah it's just it's just wonderful we have a whole episode with Karina where we again gush about this book but um yeah I just oh, yeah. I love it, it so, much. so much yeah it's really wonderful and I'm really excited to finally get hold of Karina's new books um so next category is romance so my favourite romance this year, this was a tough one, as previously established, oh romance gosh. was like my second top genre. So we hard. So much. <laughs> we had so many wonderful romances and rom-coms on the, um, as like, by podcast guests this year as well, but I think the one that really um, stood out to me and stuck with me is Bound to Happen by Jonathan Shannon. It was I seconded just this. amazing. I would have put this if you hadn't. It was so good. And we do, again, a whole episode where we talk about and gush about how much we loved it. But I love the concept. I love the sort of ambiguity, shall we say, of the ending. Um, yeah. Again, love, love like the, the Aussiness of it. Like it's all yeah. set in Sydney and they're, yeah. you know, emailing each other. And, oh, yeah. Just again, 
it's love, so love, cinematic love. I, could just, <laughs> I could just see it like yeah, as it a movie is. it just works so well so my romance because you picked that <laughs> is wild things by laura Kay, previous podcast guest but we haven't talked to her about this particular book um but it was just a kind of beautiful joyful uplifting queer rom-com that i love and she writes so well yeah and i've really enjoyed Laura's previous books but I haven't read this one yet so I am looking forward to that. You're gonna love it. I also think (laughs) maybe we should just do an honourable mention to The Wake Up Call by Beth O'Leary because I feel like that was a close second for both of us. Yeah it was really good. Excellent. It was really lovely. I just yeah love and enemies to lovers. And again I think uh, I think second to the flat share it's Beth's most romancey like yeah book really like it's um it's a much clearer romance similar to the flat share in that way that's like it's about the two people and they get together like yeah it's her other books have not that this one doesn't but like her other books have a lot more other stuff yeah it's hard to categorize Um, them as purely romance because i see them as like contemporary you know like there's more stuff happening Um, just more general fiction yeah then yeah yeah but yeah the wake-up call was excellent loved it loved it um and and on to our general fiction um (laughs) so (laughs) the award goes to michelle you go this was so hard this was so so hard (laughs) because clearly it's the biggest category it's the biggest category like pretty much everything we've read as we've said falls under adult fiction fiction. so yeah adult yeah um so I, gosh, I even had some like late contenders, um, but I eventually went with Playing Games by Huma Qureshi. We have a whole episode with her uh, talking about the brilliance of this book, but I just think like in terms of a really character-driven novel, the relationships in this, just the nuance of people who are not good or bad or you know the bad sister and the good sister like there's just so much going on but the way it's written is just so delicate and it just she brought it to life so beautifully with so little fuss I guess like it it's a beautiful book to read but it's not I don't know all this stuff is like this undercurrent underneath that you sort of pick up on as you get the book oh I just it was really good um I'm really excited this year to read um Huma's previously published short stories and her memoir um because her writing is just absolutely beautiful so she will be someone who I am constantly buying from now on yeah absolutely same for my pick um, I'm glad you put this so that yeah I didn't um, have to <laughs> again we're basically just dividing and conquering these awards um, but yeah my pick for fiction is One Love by Matt Cain and again we have a this is why we need the not a podcast guest category yeah, exactly. everyone um, yeah. we have a whole episode where we um, went in deep on this book with Matt and talked about everything and I think when thinking about the fiction category as well with all of my other picks and looking at what I'd read this year and everything One Love really just stands out to me because it's that long 
saga kind of story with the 20 years of their friendship and really getting into like the nitty-gritty of like everything two people can mean to each other over such a long time yeah the ups and downs it's so good actually oh, I would say one of my runners just up would brilliant. be would be another Matt Cain novel but the one I read at the start of this year The Secret Life of Albert Entwistle Mm. which you're going to love, Caitlin. You really are going to love it. I know. I'm so excited <laughs> to read more of Matt's books. So, yeah, I, I, I would, because I just felt, again, that one was, that gets an honourable mention from me because it was just, it was so sweet and lovely and emotional at the same time and just that uplifting emotional sort of book that we love. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Okay, so... Uh, We've written children slash YA, but this is, we've both picked YA books, so young adult fiction. Yeah, the, I guess this is our YA category. I don't, I probably only read two, maybe three other books this year that I would categorise more children's anyway, so I think it was just a bit hard to choose, but um, my pick is one of the first books I read this year, and a guest on our first season um, earlier this year, last year, Jesus. Um, to Can Play That Game by Leanne Young. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and, yeah, just when going over all the YA and children's books I'd read this year, I was just like, oh, man. It was so to good. Play That Game was so good. It was brilliant. It was brilliant. Yeah. And I did really, not really expect to love it, it as much as I did, not being, like, a gamer person. Yeah, which... I barely remember. I'm sure we talk about with Leanne in our we episode <laughs> um, all about this book. Um, but yeah, I just really loved it. And especially when kind of going back over the list, because, you know, you get to the end of the year and I read that book in January or maybe February Ooh. and I was like, oh yeah, <laughs> I loved that. Like, <laughs> that was excellent. Yeah. So yeah, that's my pick. Yours is a much more recent pick. Well, yeah, I changed this pick. So... Honourable mention to Happy Head by Josh Silver, which again, episode yeah, absolutely with him. loved it. Great thriller, such an engaging read. Really, really loved it. And I think that also talking about, you know, when podcast interviews have an impact on how much we love a book, I just loved hearing Josh was so open and that probably one of my favourite interviews of the year as well because of how wonderful and generous Josh was with telling us his story and sort of going behind the scenes of the feelings behind Happy Head. Um, and that just made me love it even more. But <laughs> then in the last, like I literally finished this on the 29th of December and it's cool. a really brilliant YA. And I just think because we haven't talked about it on the podcast, it really deserved the airtime. Um, I've done a full review of it on my Substack. I mentioned it in our wrap up as well. And that is Little Bang by Callie McCochrane. Um, it is about teenage pregnancy set in Northern Ireland at the time when Ireland is debating and repeal the eighth legislation to legalize abortion in Ireland, but obviously not in Northern Ireland. And I just don't think I've read anything that talks about abortion, teen pregnancy, pregnancy in general, that is so nuanced. And the thing that really struck me about this book is how much the conversations that my friends and I 
have had about parenting and our fears around having children, the inequality of having children and parenting, and then how wonderfully she brought that into a teenage book without it feeling preachy, without sort of picking one side or another. Like it wasn't going in being like, abortion is right. Like obviously I think that every woman should be allowed to access abortion if they so choose. Yeah. That is obviously a right. Yeah. And make their own decision. Mm. But I think the thing that is done so brilliantly is in just a few comments or in just one comment from a parent or a teacher, you really understand why this is such a difficult nuanced issue and why it's different for the boy in this situation and the girl in this situation. And the way things unfolded really surprised me. It's just really wonderful. It's told as a dual perspective between Sid and Mel, the two teenagers who unexpectedly (laughs) have a little bang um, and have some unintended consequences. And I just think seeing both of their perspectives, they're from very different families. The other thing I forgot to mention is that Mel's family is very religious, very against abortion to the, to the point where her brother-in-law wants to go and protest the repeal the eighth stuff and sort of say why abortion should be illegal. So there's a lot of complex emotions, but it is done so well as a young adult book. And I think this is part of the thing that I've been thinking about in terms of reviewing books lately is looking at what's the aim of this book, what's this book trying to do and like the people it's written for as well. So, you know, sometimes you and I will read books and be like, this isn't exactly our thing, but it's great as a YA because blah, blah, blah. And this is one of those books where I'm like, no, I think that this could, like genuinely I would recommend it to any age. Obviously it is written more for young adults and everything is from the perspective of the two teenagers, but it's so clever and so nuanced and just wonderful. There was part of me though that was like, oh, I want to see this book from like the parents' perspective as well. Like, or, you know, because just because that's the age that we are, you know. It sounds fantastic from reading your reviews and everything in our Substack. And oh, I was just like, oh, whoa, I, yeah. I want to read this. Yeah. Like it just, and it just took yeah. me by surprise where things went. And yeah, like I said, I'm just so impressed the way that this very emotive, nuanced topic is handled without it being like this is right that is wrong Mm. which so often it can be but teenagers are really smart and you don't need to do that to them so yeah really nuanced wonderful book um loved it (laughs) well that's our like big categories done (laughs) yeah that's the big stuff yeah that's the big stuff now time for some fun like slightly more rapid fire yeah. we won't be going too rapid i don't think no <laughs> we're not capable of that because we are who we are <laughs> yeah first one most surprising wrong place wrong time by Jillian mcallister read earlier this year plot just blew my mind brilliant my most surprising is west side honey by claire christian um and again in our interview with claire um i this one was the most surprising for me because now I'm like, oh, do I give it away or something? Even though I think we talked about it, but something that happens near the end of the book. Yeah. Something that happens near the end of the book that I found myself 
like rooting for I guess the non-traditional rom-com ending yeah maybe I'll say yeah um yeah and that I found surprising yeah and supposed to be rapid okay next I know I I will say I think I found that surprising (laughs) as well because I don't usually love like lots of sex scenes like I just don't care for them and I just really loved that book as well. And I would say it's more on the spicier side of things that I have read and it was just bloody brilliant. Yeah. So yeah, I loved that book yeah, too. Yeah, and Claire wrote good sex scenes and we spoke to her about that as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, favourite cover? Mine was Homecoming by Kate Morton, but the Australian cover, which is like a dark navy cover with like some eucalyptus leaves and like a, I think like a pink brush of something and a bird um and the cover Mm. is like matte and beautiful when you touch it um (laughs) so yeah that was that was mine mine was yellow face by rebecca kwang because it was just so striking Striking. and those (laughs) eyes follow you wherever you go (laughs) yeah it's really i mean yeah really really good um recommendation for each other okay so mine for you is We Could Be Something by Will Kostakis, which, funnily enough, was the only book marked sad on my think so like throwback to ages <laughs> yeah. ago when I was like, oh, one sad book, I'll save that for later. It was this one, and I wanted to Ooh. recommend that to you. Okay. Because I don't think you've read any of Will's books I before, haven't, right? no. I haven't. No. I, I haven't. I've only read this one. Um, but I really enjoyed it, and I think that you would. And I, it's quite different, I think, to his other work yeah um, okay yeah sounds great Aussie YA recommendation for you perfect always. um recommendation for you Factory Girls by Michelle Galen talked about this a lot in the episode where I recommended it um it's like a sadder more serious version of Dairy Girls and I just think you'll love it and I think the writing style like I feel like you'll enjoy it yeah, I think I probably will too. <laughs> um, and the book that was worth the hype. So for me, and I think possibly also you will take this as well, um, or you're happy yeah. that I put this down, Lessons in Chemistry by Bonnie Garmus. We finally read it. And yes, it is indeed worth the hype. <laughs> yeah. Did a whole book club episode on it. Yeah. So I'll link that. <laughs> yeah, we did. I mean, yeah, we both really enjoyed that one. Um, my one for worth the hype uh, is Romantic Comedy by Curtis Sittenfeld. And I haven't read any of her books before, and I do want to read more of them. Um, but something about romantic comedy, something. The idea of what romantic comedy was about intrigued me more, so I went into it. I think I did read it pretty close to the time it came out so it was a bit different to lessons in chemistry in that way but i will say like now and i've been voting for it in all sorts of end of year lists and everything and i'm like it is worth the hype it is very very good yeah wonderful um i feel like her previous stuff is more like around political figures and stuff i just don't see that as being something that you'd be that into usually traditionally but now i yeah but now i've read something that I'm like I'm a bit more interested and I've had like different people you know 
tell me which one to kind of go back to and that kind of thing. So, yeah, yeah, I think I will try more of a backlist. Yeah, love that. Okay, so we're going to pick some books for 2024 that we are looking forward to. So three books on your radar by authors that you've never previously read. So this can be on like the, based on the vibe, the blurb, based on other people's recommendations or based on like knowing this author has like their previous stuff, like maybe Curtis Sittenfeld where you're like, oh, they've written lots of other stuff, but their new one intrigues me more, for example. So do you want to go first? I will go first. I wish I hadn't already read good material because I was like you're saying about <laughs> Curtis involved for me it was the same kind of thing for me I've never yeah. read Dolly before but like something about it but I have read it now I did yeah. read it this year but I've already read it so too late um <laughs> and technically it's a 2023 so, release as well so exactly so 2024 <laughs> releases um all of mine come out in the next couple of months Lovely. um the first one I want to shout out is actually non-fiction more non-fiction Ooh. um and it's just friends by I apologize if I pronounce this wrong, Gyan Yankovic. Um, that sounds so and good. It's an Ultimo. Yeah, I'm sure you've seen it around as well. I think it's, I might have put it in our planning document. <laughs> well, see, this is the thing. I think we've been researching for you know for yeah. new episodes and things. So I think you know we'll see how these go. Some of our picks may end up on the podcast, but um, we both really liked. Friendaholic yeah. um, this year as well. Love anything and friendship. This sounds so good. Yeah, I find it fascinating. So I, I'm interested to read that. The little tagline on the publisher's website says, Just Friends is an ode to the people that shape us. It is a book to devour on the beach or with a book club, a book to return to again and again, and most importantly, a book to press into the hands of the friends you love most. My next one is Go Lightly by Bridie Lee Kennedy. I saw this um, that you had put this in the document and I was like, this looks so good. <laughs> I know. So, yeah, we have been researching a bit. This is also one, this is like so industry of me. I read an advanced review of this in the Books and Publishing Australia like newsletter. Um, <laughs> anyway, but it is a funny, sharp and heartfelt bisexual love story. Um, what happens when Ada falls for two people at the same time? Which um, is an Aussie living in London, which I love. Yeah. Which also hopefully means that we so, get a release over here. Yeah, I hope so. I don't know. So, you know, a love letter to the community you find when you're far from home. You know, a tribute to the party girls who'd rather enjoy the present than fear the future or regret the past. I was like, it sounds excellent. It sounds is a bit. Good. I read a review and I was like, this sounds awesome. The cover is great. I was like, I love the vibe. I really hope I love this one (laughs) um and then my last pick um is one this is a bit of a random one um but it's it is one that we're publishing through work at HarperCollins I'm not working on it um but I'm intrigued uh Sisterhood by Kathy Kelly I have Kathy Kelly is obviously a massive (laughs) author I have never read anything she's written but a book about sisters and a family secret and then figuring out like something with their mother while they go to Ireland and Italy or something, I think is the gist. Yes, like please. I'm intrigued. I think <laughs> yeah. I'll actually read it. Love that. So Yes. So those um, are my picks. Right. So for my three books, I've tried to pick people who we are probably not gonna get on the podcast. Like just because there are lots of things that I was looking forward to that I've dotted down 
you know, in the podcast document. So I was like, yeah. who could we potentially not? I didn't, not? but I, <laughs> I needed, I tried to think of more things that I knew were coming yeah. that, again, were not books I've, like, by authors I've previously read, which is what we're it's doing hard. next. So yes. I don't know. I, I struggled with this one a bit. Um, um, I guess I'm not as across what's coming, but anyway, sorry. <laughs> no, that's okay. So the first one is Caledonian Road by Andrew O'Hagan. I feel like this is definitely not a book that you would be interested in, Caitlin. Um, <laughs> but I have seen lots of people um, talking about Mayflies, Andrew O'Hagan's, I believe, debut it's really, really good bestseller. The thing is, it's about someone who's like um, in palliative care with cancer. And I just was like, don't really vibe with wanting to read that. <laughs> um, it's just, I was like, I don't want to read a really sad book. Um, but his new one sounds really interesting to me, probably not to you. And it is basically, there's like this celebrated um celebrity art historian bit of like a celebrity intellectual and also a quote beguiling and provocative student um and over the course of an incendiary year a web of crime secrets and scandals will be revealed and our celebrated art historian may not be able to protect himself from the shattering exposure of his privilege and his connections but then he always knew when his life came tumbling down it would occur in public so it's like a bit of like a political state of the nation novel sort of thing, um, which sounds, yeah, quite interesting. Um, so, yeah, I'm curious to read that. And it's not necessarily something that we would ever read for the podcast. The other two I actually do think maybe are things that we would read for the podcast after all that. Um, the next one, which has got a very Beth O'Leary cover. Um, is The Lonely Hearts Quiz League by Laura Farnsworth. Sounds really good um, for fans of Beth O'Leary and Byron McFarlane. So tick, this sounds great. Oh, would that be us? <laughs> <laughs> Literally the dream people here. Um, it's described as a heartwarming debut of unexpected friendship, love and secrets. So I love a trivia team also. I think that's the thing I miss most about Australia is my weekly trivia nights. <laughs> um with my friends um so basically um a group of people Bryony, harry jamie um each has their own motive for being drawn to the warm glow of the pub quiz leave um obviously lots of things are going to come up and stuff i don't even think i need to say more because it's described as a warm funny and romantic debut novel <laughs> about losing hope and then finding the friends to get you through it all sounds ideal i think i'm gonna love that um and then finally another one which I've actually got on my shelf already I've got a proof um that my colleague at work passed on to me it's called the list of suspicious things by Jenny Godfrey and it is Yorkshire 1979 Maggie Thatcher is prime minister drainpipe jeans are in and Miv is convinced that her dad wants to move their family down south because of the murders um and so it's set around the time of um Peter Sutcliffe and the Yorkshire Ripper even though we don't really like to use that term these days but that's going to come up again later because it's related to one of my tv shows that I'm going to recommend um so basically this is all happening in the background and it's one of those adult books where it's got like a younger protagonist so Miv um and Sharon decide to make a list of all the suspicious people and things down their street people they know people they don't 
because their search for the truth reveals more secrets in their neighborhood, within their families and between each other than they thought possible. What if the real mystery Mib needs to solve is the one that lies much closer to home? So my colleague Beth said this is just a really fascinating book. I guess it's that like family drama sort of thing that we love and yeah um, always interesting to see like an adult book with a younger protagonist and the way that that's sort of handled um, obviously set against the backdrop of a time a fascinating time in England near a place where I live is is going to be interesting so yeah. I will be reading that in the next couple of weeks I think awesome okay so three books on your radar by authors whose work you already like Yes. Okay. So my three. Um, first one is Funny Story by Emily Henry. Me and a million other people are looking forward <laughs> to M. Hen's next rom-com. Um, but that was the first one that came to mind when we were like jotting down notes. So had to include it. Um, another one I'm looking forward to is The Work by Brie Lee. I'm so glad you took this because I am desperate for this. I yeah, can't wait. Also agree. Oh. Yep. Um, and then the other one that I wrote down, um, which I heard about at work and I think we're publishing about in the next couple of months, maybe next month or in early March, maybe. Um, and it is so fetch, um, a history or whatever of mean girls and why we're still so obsessed with it, um, by Jennifer Keaton Armstrong, who wrote sex in the city and us. Um, nice. And also a book about Seinfeld that I haven't read because I don't watch Seinfeld. <laughs> but I read the Sex and City one and it was great. Yeah. <laughs> and so Amazing. this falls under the, you know, pop culture deep dive kind of area for me that I yeah. love. But yeah, 20th, absolutely. But yeah, it's the 20th anniversary of Mean Girls this year. The musicals just come out um, in movie form. So much fun. Pink all the time. <laughs> Let's just have like several years of everything being pink, please. Yeah, love it. The ones, two of the ones that I'm going to say are definitely going to be on your radar. The first, which yes, again, this is a shared list. <laughs> I am so desperate for this, like so so desperate. And now that I live back here, I really hope that I can go to some actual events for this author. Is "You Belong with Me" by Vari McFarlane? I'm so excited because it's actually the first time she's ever done like a sequel it's a sequel to who's that girl which is one of my favorite ones of hers and this is going to be her first straight rom-com of like sorry it's going to be her first like romance where they're together the whole time at the start yeah. like it's just so who's that girl is um it is wonderful and hilarious and you should watch it but basically um who's that girl is about Edie who gets absolutely embarrassingly disgraced at a colleague's wedding and kind of has to run away a little bit take a sabbatical um and live with her incredibly annoying sister and dad back in is it back in Nottingham or I think it's Nottingham that she has to go back to anyway it's somewhere up north here um and yeah, so then she gets tasked to do like a ghostwrite, like um, an autobiography of Elliot Owen, who I sort of imagined as Kit Harrington because it, around the time this came out was like when Game of Thrones was really big. Um, so basically she's like, oh, this guy. Um, 
and it ends with someone knocking at the door on Christmas and I mean it's pretty obvious who it is but basically Vari said in a post that she's been asked so many times who's at the door <laughs> and what's what happened yeah, after what happened? so basically you belong with me is the sort of what happens after they're in a relationship but can they deal with the scrutiny can they deal with like all the the mistrust and all this stuff that happens when one of you is a celebrity and one of you is not so fascinated by this but I just I can't wait because this is a couple that I love like this book is so good so I'm so excited for this um and obviously we we said earlier we're gonna have to reread who's that girl together so I'm sure we will be talking about that on the podcast um, because you just Absolutely. need us ranting and raving about how much we love Vari. Um, the second, <laughs> again, is going to require a reread for me because it's been like four or five years since I read this book. Um, but The Lifeline by Libby Page, so this is the follow-up to the Lido, Libby's debut book, which was about intergenerational friendship. I love pretty much everything Libby writes, so I'm very excited for this. I know it's just going to be brilliant. Um, And then the third one is Crime of the Century by Hallie Rubenhold. Hallie Rubenhold wrote The Five, which is a nonfiction book I will always rank as one of my favourites. It's absolutely incredible, and so I expect that this will be too, like, thoroughly researched, absolutely brilliant. Crime of the Century is about a case that I don't actually know very much about, but I have heard the name, um, and that is um, about Dr. Crippen. The remains of his wife, a music hall performer, were discovered in his London cellar while he and his secretary were masquerading as father and son on a ship bound for Canada. Um, So basically she's obviously going to be looking back into this. I'm excited because it's her, but also because I don't know much about this case. So, yeah, I was very excited to see she had a new Interesting. Book out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, great. So yeah, there's obviously so many so then, more that we're excited for, but those are three that I'm just like, yeah. yeah. Cool. Okay, so <laughs> we've got one final little bit of book stuff to deal with, haven't we? We have. We have some reading resolutions for 2024. So... My main reading resolution that I I swear I probably do this every year where I get to the end of the year and I start looking and I realize I read fuck all (laughs) nonfiction and I I swear I often also, um, I like, I think that and so then I read a nonfiction book in like January and then like maybe a memoir when it comes out in like October (laughs) and then like again in December because I'm like oh I've read a non-fiction like it's just hopeless I'm hopeless so I want to read more non-fiction I you know can see my bookshelf behind me with some beautiful books that I bought this year that I haven't read you know I've mentioned two that I'm looking forward to be reading when they release this year I just I really like non-fiction and it's good to break up yeah reading other fiction and everything sometimes so I've got to remember that it's an option yeah (laughs) Um, yeah, so I think knowing that there are several nonfiction books, like, on my radar at the moment, I'm a bit more confident that I'll have read a bit more nonfiction by the end of 2024 than I did in 2023. So, yeah, I think that's my main one. Um, I'm, like, similar in that a bit more nonfiction, but specifically a bit more history nonfiction. So, like the Harley Rubenhold, but also things like 
I just because we have such a massive history section at work and I'll often look at things and be like, oh, that looks really interesting um, and not pick it up. Like one that I really want to read because we're interested in And you in really going like to... listening to like history podcasts and things yes. like that. So it is an area that you like, you know. This is like all my nonfiction being about TV and pop culture, you know. It's kind of the same thing. Yeah, I think maybe reading more audio, like history books on audio might be an option for me next year. Mm. Okay, so <laughs> we've talked about this before on the podcast as well, inspired by Cool Story by Brie and Bridie. I want to pick up more books, like maybe one a month or one every two months that I pick purely on like the blurb and not knowing anything else about it, not being recommended, anything like that. Mm. Um, Just from actually having a browse in a bookstore or a library or finding something secondhand. Yeah, yeah. I would like to do that a bit more as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, I am going to include the four books that I picked from my reading advent calendar, which was based purely on the blurbs alone. I did look up the reviews just quickly to choose the ones, but then I haven't looked at anything else and they're not ones that people I know have read so I feel like that's fine and then finally for me um I'm going to share the links to these because I think it's really fun but um I've got a couple of reading challenges I'm doing which will hopefully like broaden my reading a little bit there's one called the literary legends challenge which um my online book group and I all came up with we all contributed prompts to and you can join us on storygraph doing that um and then there's one, <laughs> there's a challenge that I made based on Maisie Peters' album, The Good Witch, and I will share the substack as well where I have given recommendations for every single prompt. Basically, that one's not like a 2024 thing. It's just something I'd like to sort of work on. Um, and that's definitely like a couple of those prompts are to like push me out of my comfort zone a little bit. And then there's one called The 52 Books challenge and that's got some interesting most of that overlaps with other challenges I'm doing but I will again share a link because there's 52 really interesting prompts there and some of them are designed to push you out of your comfort zone um so yeah I'm going to try and do some more reading challenges like that and okay final <laughs> final resolution thing <laughs> I actually have a shelf on my bookshelf where I'm putting books that I want to reread so I'm going to try and pick up more rereads. Obviously this year, last year, <laughs> I reread some books in preparation for series that were coming out, like the Richard Osman book. Um, so I think this year I'd like to pick some off that shelf. Um, apart from those, you know, we mentioned that have sequels coming to them. You know, I'd like to just pick up every couple of months another reread as well. Yeah, I think they're all very good reading yeah. resolutions cool so little like transition here <laughs> okay so finally let's talk about tv which is my favorite non-bookish category um absolutely love a tv show obviously uh because i watched barely any movies again <laughs> okay um, so tv do you want to alternate with TV? We go back and forth. Um, yeah. And you can just share a little bit. Because, again, I think most of the things we're going to mention in all of these next categories 
we probably have recommended on our Substack before, um, yeah. or you know, you just will not be surprised at all if you know anything about us. Um, but yeah, <laughs> right. So, do you want to go first? <laughs> sure. So, my first favorite TV show of 2023 is Abbott Elementary, which is a timely recommendation again because I think the third season is starting to air in February. So we'll get new episodes soon. But yeah, this is the best, smartest new sitcom of like the last several years. I think it's incredible. Love that. Yeah. <laughs> so my first one is The Longest Shadow. Uh, it is about the hunt for Peter Sutcliffe, who was called the Yorkshire Ripper. Um, and it's just one of the most beautiful heartbreaking sensitively told like it because it isn't about him it's about the women and their lives and their families lives and it's also about the police investigation and really highlights the massive massive failings the misogyny the racism that basically allowed women to keep on being killed for years um it's just incredible and to bring us right back around, because all of my <laughs> picks are comedies, uh, my second pick for 2023 is Jury Duty, the fake you documentary and most other people. where only one person <laughs> is not in on it. Oh my God, it was so funny. And just this concept where like only one person doesn't realise that it's all fake and it's all set up to try and get reactions out of him and... He's like this guinea pig. Oh my god, just incredible! I want to rewatch it too. I feel like it's been long enough. I watched it. In, I think it came out in like the middle of the year, and now I think it's been long enough that I would have forgotten some things. Oh my god, so so funny! Such a standout this year. Yeah, and I have some really good like reality TV, but I didn't include any of that in this. Um. Yeah, <laughs> I think I found it a bit tricky to like pick like real standouts and not. And I tried not to pick too many shows that I'd like. You know, the next season came out this year, that kind of thing. Yeah. So yeah. anyway, what's your second pick for the year? So I'm coming back up again. Um, the Longest Shadow was the, the darkest we'll get. Uh, so <laughs> Good. The next thing, I, <laughs> Jack and I watched all three seasons that are out in a matter of weeks. Uh, we absolutely binge this. It's The Boys on Amazon. So it is a superhero show, but it's not a superhero show. Um, so I was originally not going to watch it because I was like, eh, it's not really my thing. But it is more of like a political crime show because we're in a world where superheroes are real um, and there's this big company, Vought Industries, that makes superheroes essentially. So it's actually more about the political stuff that goes on between those in power and you know they're trying to do deals with the military and there's some you know stuff shady stuff going on so basically the first episode establishes this ordinary guy Huey's reason for potentially wanting revenge against the soups and then him and his ragtag team <laughs> trying to get revenge I just don't even know how to describe it but it was also a complete satire of so many superhero movies so like in the thing we see them making superhero movies <laughs> and like as propaganda like, it's really it's so funny yeah but so dark and 
quite gruesome and quite graphic but absolutely brilliant and there's this one bit in season three where they do basically a scene by scene satire of that uh Kendall Jenner like Pepsi ad it's so clever it's so so clever I cannot wait for season four and it just really took me by surprise that I would love a show like that but it's so good yeah so my last pick um is Miracle Workers which I discovered and watched this year I think thanks Um, to me uh (laughs) was it yeah because we showed you that Daniel Radcliffe clip (laughs) I mean I knew the show existed I just had never but we watched Watched a bit with you oh my god no you did yes okay (laughs) okay yeah that was you yeah okay thank you um (laughs) I'd forgotten about that it includes the greatest scene in all of history of Daniel Mm. Radcliffe dancing uh which I'm gonna link in the show notes because it's just too brilliant yeah I think you guys were up to yeah that season three Oregon Trail yeah and I'd watched an episode or two of that with you guys and then I was like oh well I've been meaning to watch this and I went back and I watched the first two seasons and then watched the third season um and the fourth season is available and I've been meaning to get to it and I haven't watched it yet so but yeah going through the three because it's an anthology series watching the first three seasons in a row was kind of hectic um but I loved it I just thought it was so clever I thought the cast was incredible I on it like Daniel Radcliffe. I'm like re obsessed with Daniel Radcliffe. He's this so year. good. Um, he's so good. He's excellent. So yeah, I think that is just a really quirky, fresh comedy that I discovered this year. Um, I I discovered. I I think I again I knew it had <laughs> been around. It, yeah. I watched it this year. Um, and yeah, so 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 clever. I'm so glad I finally watched it because it is so good. It's so smart. Um, my final one, I devoured on the plane over here and I actually think you would love it, Caitlin, but I think it's kind of hard to get hold of. Um, and it is called Funny Woman and it is about this young woman from the North of England. Um, so she's got a very like broad, I think like she's from Blackpool or something, very broad accent in the sixties, which is sort of seen as like stupid and you know, mm. just unintelligent working class people. Basically, it opens with her winning a beauty pageant and uh, they're sort of like, she's, she sort of sees her life ahead of her as like this glamorous wife and she's like, nope, I want to do comedy. And before comedy for women is really a thing and she kind of runs away, moves to London and is like, I'm going to be an actress. And she tries to sort of get, in on things but because of her accent is only cast in like and because of how she looks which is absolutely stunning she's sort of only cast in like those sort of carry-on roles of like the busty dumb woman and she really fights hard to sort of go against that and she there's this like group of men writing radio comedy that she has loved and she tries to audition for them and she's just she is really really funny but no one gives her the time of day until she like basically cons her way into getting this audition sort of in front of them and they end up bringing her on and um, it's just all the sort of the things between them. They actually end up getting like a sitcom sort of thing with her and one of the guys and it's called Jim and Barbara. You know, she's trying to build a name for herself and be recognised as a genuine like a, a comedy or a, like a comedian 
not just like this dumb woman. Yeah. And it's just so, it was so engaging and so good. We know that I love anything 60s, but I think like it's very reminiscent of like lessons in chemistry, but like funny and like uplifting. <laughs> um, so it's got a similar vibe to like lessons in chemistry and stuff as well. And it was just really, really good. I just devoured it and I really want to watch it again not on a plain screen but I can't find it anywhere that I don't for a service that I don't it's on pay tv over here in Australia it's on binge oh yes you can watch it you can watch it oh my god (gasps) you're gonna love it it's so good (laughs) yeah I really hope there's another season it's so good so from tv (laughs) into (laughs) movies um, and we have the same top movie. I literally kept a list of movies I watched this year and there was less than 10 and I would say half of them were ones that I re-watched because I love them so much. So I don't watch movies, really? which is weird for me. Yeah, considering I'm someone who mainly reads standalone books and doesn't read series, it's surprising to me that I rarely watch any movies and I much prefer TV series. <laughs> What's wrong with me? I mean, me? I think I prefer TV series as well, but I think I, I don't know. Still, no, I try and keep a new list movies of movies that as I, well. But I don't know. yeah. Anyway, or new to okay, new so top movie of 2023. Three, two, one. Barbie! <laughs> Us and everybody else. I don't think we need to say, yeah, I know. I was like, I don't think we need to say anything. No, um, we don't need to say would anything. Would you like more. to do your second? Yeah, so mine is um, Ford versus Ferrari, or it's sometimes known as Le Mans 66, I think, um, depending on where you are in the world. Surprising one. Jack's been wanting me to watch it for ages. It's got Christian Bale in it um, and it's just really good. So it's about this endurance car Did race. Did this year or maybe no, last year? like 2019, I think. Oh, it's really, okay. It's like old by movie standards, but I only watched it this year. And without this, I wouldn't have any other, I wouldn't have a top three. (laughs) Um, So yeah, it's just, it's a really like surprised me because it's about this motor race, but it's about like a, you know, it's, it's the David and Goliath, like the little guys, essentially Ford trying to compete with the, you know, megastars Ferrari who always win Le Mans. Le Mans is like a uh, car endurance race sort of thing. One driver, um, and basically this guy goes to Ford and is like, we, or Ford are looking to join the competition of motorsports and this sort of, you know, humble mechanic who used to do stuff but isn't really well known gets there. And, you know, it's that whole like, you know, ordinary guy in the big machine, they're going to make it uh, that sort of story just really good but it's actually based on a real story and it was fascinating and I found myself really loving it it's got Matt Damon in it as well and I just like really got into it and I didn't expect to love it Jack watched it at the cinemas and I yeah oh right okay I know Sorry, it I'm sounds just weird okay no no I'm just laughing because I have to go into my so my second choice is based on real events, also starring Matt Damon. <laughs> so I watched this this year. I think it was new this year, early this year, but I watched yeah. it on Amazon. Um, was Air, uh, which is the movie that uh, Matt Damon and Ben Affleck 
did, and also Jason Bateman is in it, um, all about Nike, like, pitching Air Jordans to Michael yeah. Jordan and, like, figuring that out. And um, and so it's 80s, everyone has ridiculous hair and awesome costumes and they're designing the shoes and the music is great. I mean, it's one of those things that I think if I tried to, I have heard it described, it's like, wow, with such a great cast and awesome music, they got us to watch a movie about a meeting you know like all of yeah. these things and it's like is it a sport movie just watch this you know the documentaries about michael jordan or all these things mm. but no it's a marketing movie yeah so i found it fascinating have you watched the founder no i haven't yet oh i need to i know that. you've told me to watch that before yeah so it's, it's one of my favorite rewatches of I... the year <laughs> great um yeah but it's like it's in it's also, a marketing movie this... too yeah I found it I found it interesting great like little movie night at home kind of movie so fun I think this category of movies is really interesting though where it's like this thing that happens like there's a movie about Tetris I want to watch that I haven't seen it so I'm not recommending it but like Taron Edgerton something about Tetris sounds fascinating I mean you have met Taron Edgerton but isn't that because didn't we see in that um in the war museum that Tetris had something to do with the Soviet Union yeah yeah that would be yeah exactly so like yeah fascinating and like I also have just heard about a movie that came out this year that I um in 2023 I should say sorry (laughs) that I didn't know existed um but I have just heard about it and I'm interested to potentially watch it at some point all about the Blackberry phone oh interesting fascinating pre-iPhone boom of of like how this all worked and then like they collapsed because iPhone won like you know I don't know I think this category this is like a very specific category of movie about some of these things that happen and I mean essentially I think it's very similar to Ford versus Ferrari because that too is like essentially like okay we've got to build this really powerful engine we don't have the same technology or engineers or anything is like Ferrari um and yeah it's like taking on that sort of it's a social change and then you know it 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 sort of led to Ford being a big player in the motorsports industry which is really interesting even though I don't care for motorsports and I find it ridiculous but it's a very interesting movie (laughs) exactly um the sort of thing where afterwards you're like googling like um so my final one is chicken run dawn of the nugget which jack and i have been looking forward to for ages because i love ardman films it's so good it's so funny i just it was really good to relive the chicken run love it's just really funny stupid movie (laughs) but also like the whole time you're watching it you're just like how do these people do claymation how long does this take this is incredible yeah, the style of animation is fascinating. I haven't seen the new Chicken Run movie. I don't think I have very fond memories of the original. I don't really know why. It just was. I never didn't a like favorite. it when I was a kid, but then I, yeah. it was one of Jack's favorites. I don't think and I've started seen watching it, since. it again, and it's very clever. I think it's very much. It probably like is more clever than I remember. For adults, I don't I think, think I've it's seen more it clever for adults. A it's a bit. I mean, like Wallace and Gromit is like that, isn't it? It's like there's a lot of jokes in there that you sort of as a kid you're like oh that's cool but I think you appreciate it more as an adult and I think you definitely do but yeah it's very clever but um also written co-written by someone who hosts one of my favorite podcasts which I'm going to talk about later (laughs) great so that made me excited for it as well my third pick 
is What's Love Got to Do With It, which stars Lily James, um, and it's she is a documentary filmmaker and makes a documentary about her like childhood best friend um, as he pursues an arranged marriage. Um, he and his family are Indian, it's all set in England, um, and he meets someone, and she, like, goes with them, you know, throughout, like, the whole celebration and everything, and it's just, like, fascinating look at that too, and what that means to people, and, like, what love means to different people, and how that, yeah, it was great, I really enjoyed it. I want to watch it again, I've been thinking about it, um, and I wanted to watch it again. I think I must have seen that it's been added to a streamer somewhere, and I was, like, added it to my list, but... I think I remember recommending that you watch this on the plane over. And I'm pretty I sure I did. did. Yeah, it was good. Oh, you did? Oh, good. It. Yeah, I did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Really cute rom-com. Yeah. Yeah. Really nice. So fun. I really like Lily James and she's so charming. Lily James. Yeah. It's, yeah, loved it. <laughs> okay. Um, so my resolution this year is to watch more movies. <laughs> <laughs> Can I suggest? So... At the very, very, very end of the year, and I feel like it's a cheat, and so I have not counted Wonka or Anyone But You, which are two movies that I loved at the very end of the year in my account. Yeah. Because, I don't know, it's when they're so much more recent, and I saw them in the cinema on Boxing Day, it's, like, hard to compare. Yeah. Um, but I have started um, using Letterboxd um, and tracking, I'm going to track my movies on there and... Um, I'm sure everyone sees funny little movie review memes and things now. That's all on Letterboxd. It's very fun. You need that for TV, though, as but well. Yeah. yeah, I know. It is just for movies. I kind of want it for TV as well. It is funny, though. I said to Jack last night, I was like, oh, imagine if they had, like, Netflix wrapped. And it was like, you rewatched this episode, like, X amount of times. Because you know how many times we watch <gasps> the same things again. How good would that be? Yeah. Netflix <laughs> should do that. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, okay. So now, on to listening. Okay, podcast time. This is really difficult because we listen to the same ones all the time. We do. And I have a couple of new ones this year. Um, So that is. I have two new ones and one that I spent a lot of time re listening to and have new love and appreciation for. So. Well, that that gives enough then. So the first one that I wanted to um, say that I really enjoyed this year is. And that's what you really missed, which is a Glee rewatch podcast hosted by Jenna Ushkowitz and Kevin McHale. Um, I think they started it at the end of last, like at the end of 2022, but I don't think I started listening to it until the start of this year or anything. But this 2023, while being, you know, the year of the Barbie movie, the year of Taylor Swift, the year of girlhood, all of these things, I guess part of that for me has been the year of revisiting Glee. And rewatching the series with them and listening to their recap episodes and interviews with casts and crew and everyone has been so joyful for me. And while going back and acknowledging some of the like funny odd moments that are a bit cringy or like we wouldn't do now and all of these things, while also really laughing at what is a satire and people forget that sometimes it is a satire (laughs) tv show um and 
really enjoying what was so good about it and like when the songs are really good and people just perform really well and like the, how looking back and kind of realizing and remembering just how successful it was like they had incredible guest stars like Ooh. Gwyneth Paltrow is in like the first season like it's mm. insane so yeah I've been really enjoying that podcast and revisiting Glee my top pick I've talked about a lot on this podcast. Um, I have listened to, I think, every episode now. I've re-listened to multiple episodes. Um, and I found it when our beloved Just the Gist announced that they were taking a break. So anyway, I found somehow through algorithms, We Are History podcast by John O'Farrell and Angela Barnes. Absolutely bloody love it. Their um, sort of tagline is, we read the history books so you don't have to. I feel like I'm learning stuff, but it's also really funny. Angela is a comedian who I've seen on Mock the Week a lot. And John O'Farrell is a new to me person, but he has a, a novel coming out this year, which I'm really excited for. Probably should have been in my top three on your radar. Um, and the novel is really funny. So he's, um, he's a very um, kind of, he's a left-wing person here the novel is about two sort of left-wing labor people whose son comes home from university a conservative <laughs> and it's like going to be like ah. a bit of a family it's called family politics um so that sounds really good but they're both just really interesting to listen to they do a lot of um sort of 20th century history which I find fascinating they occasionally do other ones but the, uh, Angela does a lot of like cold war sort of episodes um and the way that they tell it is just really engaging and like I said I feel like I'm learning a lot it is that shortcut to a history and they've got lots of ones that you can dive into I think there are lots that you would enjoy Caitlin like you could definitely you might not just be as interested in the war ones but they've got lots of other random topics as well oh I just love listening to them um kept me uh company while I built all the Ikea furniture in our house <laughs> <laughs> very important uh, it's a very important job um my second pick is synced uh which is a show under the armchair expert umbrella it's in their feed um and it's hosted by monica padman who is uh like dax shepherd's like right hand she's the main other main person on all of the armchair shows um and liz plank um who is a journalist and documentary maker and you know all these podcaster all of these sorts of things um but she was on she was a guest on armchair expert when she, she had a book come out a few years ago that i'd never i'd never heard that but like she and monica became friends and they did a series which i also listened to this year but came out last year and by that i mean 23 and 22 um <laughs> where they uh, froze their eggs together and after doing that and recording that process and everything they were like definitely like rusted on BFFs kind of thing and yeah eventually started this new so it's weekly they just chat about all sorts of things they come to it with everything like I don't even know what to say it's about it's about everything they just get on and like chat about whatever comes to mind <laughs> um but they're both very funny and smart and it's really great and I'm really um glad that it's introduced me to Liz I subscribe to her Substack now it's called airplane mode um she wrote a great piece about the freaking Barbie jokes at the golden globes and 
all of those sorts of things. So yeah, that's my second pick, which is actually just a lot of content. <laughs> really? Anyway, um, you go. My, next. my third is has been a favorite for a long time, but I've been again just going back and listening to all their old episodes this year, and that is All Killer No Filler. Um, it's it. I just love Kiri and Rachel who host this. I'm so excited to be seeing them live um, later in the year for their oh, yeah, 10th right. anniversary special <gasps> in London because they have been podcasting for 10 years. Um, and Holy moly, that's a long time. Yeah, and I saw their live show and honestly, like, I listen for them. I don't care about the murders. <laughs> I <laughs> listen, like, I just go back and listen to old potentially gruesome things just because I love them talking about it and the side tangents they go off and they're really funny but they're always really respectful um they're not making jokes about it it's just their side stories are really funny um and I'm really excited to hopefully see their solo shows as well um I was meant to see Rachel perform in London last year but I couldn't go because um our town flooded so that was fun um but yeah I'm really excited to like I just love them as people as well and I just really enjoy this show you will know straight away if it's for you or not um if you haven't listened before so yeah it's really it's really great but I think it's also a firm favorite because of the community that I found through it yes my last podcast recommendation is cool story with Brie Lee and Bridie Jabour um I think we've mentioned it on the podcast or I've certainly uh, recommended it in our Substack as well they started a podcast this year both um very fortunately for us previous guests of our podcast um yeah every week they talk about their own stories the biggest news stories they just talk about stuff it's great they're both very funny <laughs> hilarious very smart I don't even really yeah so smart they're great it makes it does make you feel smart. <laughs> so I think that with big small talk, like those are where I get a lot of my news every week when they're on. They're obviously on a break at the moment, but big small talk is um, hosted co-hosted by the person who runs Cheek Media. Um, I'm really bad. I haven't looked up their name. Oh yeah, um, Hannah Ferguson. Yeah. So that that is also like big stories plus some more light-hearted stuff. Um, but yeah. it's obviously we no, both. That's right. I've been meaning to listen to that one actually. Yeah, so we're both fans of Shameless as well, and we'll listen to that every week. That's more entertainment news. You get a bit of that with mm. Big Small Talk, but then also the political side of things. And then with Cool Story of Green Bride, it's like a bit of the political stuff, a bit of like newsy stuff, but then like more bookish recommendations. So I really like like yeah. my weekly rotation of news is sort of that. <laughs> yeah, it's all covered. So yeah, and that's our podcast. Oh, also, and now... <laughs> you know, I made a joke to Alicia and then I totally forgot to pre-warn you of this. But I said to Liz the other day, I was like, oh, I'm going to be really offended if Caitlin doesn't pick my podcast as one of her top podcasts of the year. Oh, my God. And, and you did I make forgot. that joke to me as well. <laughs> and then I also forgot and I didn't uh, pick it. Well, yeah. I think because I don't, I can never remember, like, I kind of think about the pop like the things you binge yeah in the ones that i binge or like actually start listening and listening like regularly or whatever yeah. i have never listened to the history listen apart no. from your two episodes so it 
It's like it doesn't count in my head. I know. I know. Yeah. And it doesn't show up on Spotify as well. Oh, sorry. It shows up well, on Apple exactly. Podcasts, but um, I'll link it in the show notes to the ABC yes. thing and you can find it on your thing, you know, the thing. Exactly. Um, it's a very well-written, yeah. well-produced, quirky story. as About a camel race across yeah. Australia. <laughs> yes. Yeah. No, it's like my favourite thing. I'm so proud of it. <laughs> Yeah, and you should be. You worked really hard on it, but yes. Sorry. <laughs> Honourable mention. Oh, okay. Let's do our music. And um, we sort of said that we'd do like top three songs because I think our well, we can do top three albums and top three songs. Obviously my top three albums are Autumn Variations. In terms of albums that I've discovered this year. You Signed Up For This by Maisie Peters and The Good Witch by Maisie Peters. <laughs> yep. Um, I think my top three albums and my top three songs are, like, it's basically going to be the same. I think my top albums for the year are um, The Good Witch by Maisie Peters. Um, <laughs> and then I guess technically Snow Angel by Renee Rapp, but I just discovered Renee Rapp as a whole and she also has a shorter EP that I think was released at the end of 2022. It's called Everything to Everyone. Um, so, that. Um, and then I pick um, Speak Now Taylor's version by Taylor Swift. I think when going back over my music for the year, like with my Spotify wrapped and, um, and going back through playlists I'd made through the year and everything, nothing just stands out as much as Renee and Maisie. Like, I, like, I still love them, but, like, Mal Horan, Jonas Brothers, Miley Cyrus, Demi Lovato, like, all had new albums this year that I listened to, but they just didn't crack through the same way that yeah. these other ones did. So, it's all about the blondes with fringes. <laughs> uh, so, let's do top songs then. So, I also actually, I think Sam Ryder's, no, Sam Ryder's thing came out in 2022. I did love that as well. Um, okay. So, songs. Do you want to go first? Yeah. So my top three favourite songs. Or do you want me to do one and we'll alternate? You do top three. Okay, so my top three songs off of the albums I just mentioned <laughs> are probably um, BSC. Uh, I love that one. Uh, yeah. Maisie, I love that. I mean, so hard to pick, but I'm going to go for that one. And then Talk Too Much by Renee Rapp. Um, and then just to kind of keep it aligned, and I wanted to pick one from um, Speak Now, because I think, controversially, I like the Speak Now vault more than the 1989 vault. Um, I'm going to pick Electric Touch by Taylor Swift featuring Fallout Boy. <laughs> <laughs> these are three songs that are amazing to sing in the car yeah I love so like this is in the car when I'm picking so this is the year I discovered Maisie Peters and then saw her live three times um and oh my god three times oh she opened for Ed which we saw together no she did yeah. and then when did you, and then you did see twice oh my god yeah cool I know so I want to pick something off The Good Witch because that is her album this year. But truthfully, the thing that I love singing the most in the car 
Um, although Spotify believes different because Lost the Breakup and Body Better <laughs> were my two top songs. The thing that I love singing the most in the car is I'm trying not friends because I finally nailed oh, the yeah. bit in the middle that goes really fast and I love doing it. Yeah. So I'm trying not friends. It would be on there. Um, I want to pick something oh, from yes. Autumn Variations because I think it's chronically underrated. Poor Ed. I think Autumn Variations is beautiful. I love it. I think it's better than Subtract. Um, I, I yeah, is really the one that I can it. see myself revisiting more. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I listen to certain things from Subtract, but Autumn Variations, I'm very happily like put on in As the car, whole. and I think it's yeah, I think it's all hmm. a lot better. Um, but on that, I think the one that sort of stands out for me as one that you can sing to but also is like quite poignant is amazing. And then finally, I didn't actually mention Greta Ray, but I found Greta Ray this year because she opened for Maisie Peters. Um, and the, I think my 2023 theme song would have been Positive Spin by Greta Ray retrospectively. Once I found that song, I was like, oh, yeah, this is me. This is, like, where yeah. I am now. <laughs> I just think it's – I just – yeah. So, actually, I should also say, like, top three albums. If we collapse Maisie Peters into one, then Positive Spin as an album by Greta Ray would have to be among my top, even though it doesn't really make it into my Spotify top because I only just discovered her at the end of the year. It's too late in the year. It's too yeah, late it's in the too year. late in the year. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, yeah, Positive Spin – by Greta Ray yeah <laughs> so that's it that's our wrap-up awesome. oh my god it's 159 recording time it so will not be 159 no, by no. its editor by the time it's edited <laughs> it'll be like there you go. now you know it <laughs> <laughs> managed to cut out a couple of minutes yeah yeah I know well there we go now we will fi- find out what the final cut time is but you will know this took us two hours <laughs> and we talked on the phone it for about 40 minutes so before we hit fun. record it was so much fun. yeah um what a year well I'm excited um for our reading in this coming year um I've only read a couple of books so far I've really got off to a slow start but they're chunky chunky boys so yeah <laughs> whereas I have read short little boys and I've read four <laughs> books so far this year <laughs> But also, today was my first day of working for the entire year. I've been yeah. on holidays until now. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, we are very excited to record some new episodes um, eventually. And, yeah, we're going to be sharing lots more on Substack as well, um, continue our monthly wraps and yes. stuff. So please come join us on we love, We love our Substack. Please sign up for our newsletter. We absolutely have so much fun there. Um, yeah. come, come to our Instagram um and comment and tell us all your opinions on all the things that we watched because we'll be sharing everything in like massive carousels and stuff on our instagram so and i think separate sub for each thing so you can tell us um whether our thoughts were wrong or whether you agree (laughs) yeah and what movies we obviously missed out on because neither of us watched that many movies (laughs) oh thank you so much or have very broad music horizons but yeah, yeah. <laughs> thank you so much for joining us um, for all our episodes in 2023 and hopefully we'll talk to you again soon in 2024 thank you for listening to Better Words 
you can chat to us on Instagram at betterwordspod. And follow me, Michelle, at Unfinished Bookshelf. And me, Caitlin, at Just a Bookish Babe. If you liked this episode, please share it with a book-loving friend and leave a rating or review.